Welcome back to Insights, an Amplify original. I'm Nicole McLean, bringing you insights to empower executives, HR professionals, managers, and leaders of all kinds with best-in-class information to help you unlock the true potential of your employees. Today, we're diving into leading during times of uncertainty. In the following presentation, you'll hear from three amazing leaders. Adam Weber, Amplify's Chief People Officer and Co-Founder, Andrew Appel, the CEO and President of Gregory and Appel, and Steve Baker, the Vice President of The Great Game of Business. In the lead-up to our conversation, we had a lot of questions around communication, authentic and empathetic leadership, and how to foster engagement in remote workforces. You'll hear the discussion center on these key topics. Now, as we jump in, it's important to remember that being the leader your team needs starts with taking care of yourself, staying level and centered when making decisions. While these are real challenges that we're all facing, today's episode isn't just tips and tricks to get you through this season. It's about finding yourself as a leader in this moment and becoming the best version of yourself. So to kick us off, I wanted to take a moment to share a poem Adam presents. As you listen, close your eyes and take three deep breaths. This is For Courage by John O'Donohue. Close your eyes, gather all the kindling about your heart to create one spark. That is all you need to nourish the flame that will cleanse the dark of its weight of festered fear. And a new confidence will come alive to urge you toward higher ground where your imagination will learn to engage difficulty as the most rewarding threshold. Wondering if you can kind of kick us off. So can you maybe just share your approach to making decisions and how you guide others on how to make decisions in times of uncertainty and change? Probably like most of you, I quickly realized that we were being faced with a series of decisions that I've never made before. And I knew that what was going to take place over these next couple of weeks likely will be some of the most defining moments of my career. And so I wrote, actually, it didn't start as a blog. It was something I wrote for myself as a guide to help me through these coming weeks when I'm faced with key decisions to help remind me of how to make decisions. And so the basics of what I shared, and this is, you know, you can you can read this blog, but the, the basics of of the, the checklist I'm going through before I make bold decisions. The first is to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I'm trusting my morning routine. I'm journaling. Yes, I read poems uh, or something timelessly true. I'm taking time to meditate and exercise. The second is I'm making sure I give myself enough space to process. We are already in an information overload society. And right now that is on steroids. Are you as a leader giving yourself space to go deep to understand how you yourself are processing the situation, not just what you're hearing from us, but how you are internalizing the situation. And as a leader in moments like this, I wanna make sure I'm authentic, that I am truly myself, that I'm not living somebody else's narrative or creating somebody else's legacy, but I'm doing it myself. So take down your walls, be authentic with your employees. The other was to be transparent with your decision-making process. I reminded myself that I'm likely on the cusp of making some decisions that I will need to peel back the curtain, help my employees understand why we are making those decisions. And then the next is lead with care. I want to remember that my team, if I am feeling uncertainty right now, that means that my team is likely feeling just as uncertain. And so I want to lead with care and how I lead those people. And then finally, if I've gone through those steps, it is time to be bold and decisive then. 
And at that moment, if I trust those qualities, I'm confident that I can take bold, decisive action and I will live with the results of those actions. So that, that was really where it started, was just putting myself in the right headspace to make good critical decisions. And would love to hear from you, uh, Steve and Andrew, uh, how you think about this. You know, I, honestly, you know, I, I think they are truly kind of universal qualities. You know, in thinking, thinking about it, how I am approaching it, really the, the person I am today has to be the person that I was in October. That I, you can't try to be somebody that you're not or lead in a way that's not authentically you, as you said, Adam. But I just, I feel like the only addition to that is I felt like I was an over-communicator to begin with. And now if I'm not asking myself twice a day, three times a day, have you communicated enough? Have you communicated enough? That would really be the only difference between me today and me in October. But other than that, I, I agree with everything that you just shared. Yeah, I completely agree. And people are still looking at you as a leader and they are waiting to see how you're going to react because all of the information that's coming at them is so unsure. What we've got to do as leaders, I think, is to take fear out of the organization, no matter how we're dispersed. We've got to take action, as you said, because action cures fear. And uh, we got to stay disciplined. You know, we know how to do business. Are we talking to one another? Are we talking to our customers? Um, are we listening to our customers? And, uh, you know, is it is it a message from leadership that truly is getting down to the front line, the people who create the business? Um, so thanks again, man. I mean, it's really touching. The question we got the most and the question on everyone's minds, which is how to balance financial needs and decisions with people needs and decisions. So Steve, wondering if you can kick us off here. Can you share advice on how to be transparent when some of these decisions are, are still happening in real time, maybe not fully flushed out, and, and just how to maybe share those financial things? If I may, I'll share it in two different ways. Um, of course, we've got our own company, SRC, here in Springfield, Missouri, You know, about 2,000 people in 10 different companies. Uh, and then we have our community of great game open book practitioners out there, and we've been hearing so much from them. If I may share a little bit of both, here at SRC, the first thing our founder and CEO, Jack Stack, did was he basically set down the framework uh, that he did same way back in 2008 when the economy cratered. He said, here's where the bank takes the business away from us. He set the end of the world out there. And then he moonwalked back. It was sort of like DEFCON stages, you know, for the military saying, this is thermonuclear war. We're way back here. So don't take on more debt. Uh, make sure you know where your cash is really, you know, and, and I'm telling you, it, it was amazing. That was, uh, you know, what, 12 years ago. And, and I remember how I felt then when all this started, I almost felt the same way. The unsureness, the, oh my God, what am I going to do about my family? How are my parents doing? I mean, all that stuff that floats around because the news is killing you. Right. So Jack basically led us to be leaders and he said, make sure you're doing the same thing with all your people. So we, we show people the realities the brutal facts. But then we walk back and we say, we're not there yet. So we're going to cut fat if we need to, but we won't cut muscle. We won't cut bone. The idea is to save those jobs because for 10 years, we've been talking about, we can't get enough good people. So we're going to hang on to them. Now our community. So we've got people in every business you can imagine, service, manufacturing, whatever. We're hearing a lot from hospitality, heard from a caterer this morning. Imagine this, weddings are being canceled in droves, I mean, just by the dozens and hundreds and thousands in this country. And we've got a caterer saying, look, all I'm doing is reaching out to my uh, customers saying, how can I help you? And I'm telling my people who are basically hourly workers, 
listen, we may have to cut back a little bit, but here's exactly what the plan is. And the idea is, guess what? In a few months, people are still going to be hungry when this thing breaks. We're going to cut loose. Bottom line is they after they took out fear out of the organization, they've already gotten tons of ideas from their employees who said, oh, here's something we can do. We can deliver lunches. Uh, we'll drop them on the front stoop, you know, no personal contact. We, uh, we can do these different kinds of things. We can help deliver meals to uh, students. Anyway, it's, the bottom line is it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Transparency should be around what's the economic reality? Uh, what is our burn rate on our cash? And, and how do we stand? Let's let people know what that looks like, because what they're making up in their head right now is far worse than it mm -hmm. truly is. Andrew, anything that you'd add to that? I'm a firm believer in transparency. Um, I, you know, I echo everything that Steve said there. Internally, as Steve also said, every industry is going to face different pressures at different times from this. And we have an all all employee remote meeting next week. And, you know, we'll start after kind of week acknowledging the situation. We're going to start and walk through the financials like we do every quarterly meeting. Um, employees, no matter where you are in the organization, deserve to understand the financial health of the organization. And, you know, to the extent that we can do anything we can as business leaders to help people at least feel centered and grounded in their work life, because, I mean, everybody's outside the work life is, is up in the air, right? I mean, a lot of us have kids at home, a lot of us trying to figure out how, how do we educate them? How do we still get the work done? So to the extent that if we can make the business setting one that they feel stable and comfortable, uh, you know, that's, that's just one more burden off their plate. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we, we are in a position where we work with customers in a lot of different industries. And I mean, the, the pain and suffering is absolutely real. But to Steve's point, the transparency that you approach it should be universal. Well, and that's actually a really good transition to the next big bucket of topics, which was leading with empathy. Adam, you maybe just start with how do you define or share what you think it means to be an empathetic leader? I think at, at the the core of that, it's taking time to understand the situations that each of your directs are facing, no matter what level you are in the org, and no matter what pace the business is moving at. Oftentimes, we can get so focused on the sprint of the urgency or the tyranny of the moment, as I call it, we lose that empathy side, which is, are we understanding the practical reality that our employees are facing? All of us are you know, we're dealing with some reality that is that is a new reality, whether it's having a kid on your shoulder on a video uh, for the first time or a, a dog that walks, you know, that or or unreliable Internet. Um, so I think just as a leader, taking time to understand the situation, I think acknowledging um, and transparently sharing some of the challenges ahead and, and so that people don't feel surprised so that they feel in the loop and they feel like you're treating them with care. And then just make sure that you do take time just to be with people. Uh, so I, I, you know, I've been trying to set aside. This has certainly been the busiest season I've ever had in my career. And in 2008, I was basically making minimum wage and, and was like at an entry level job. So I, I didn't have any responsibility during that season. So now, but I've been I've been blocking my calendar 15 minutes a day to ho like hop on live, uh, like on our live water cooler to make sure I'm just spending time just being with people at least intentionally doing it for one part of every single day. Andrew, anything that you would add to what it means to be an empathetic leader? What I was going to add is, is kind of twofold. One, empathy is a lot easier in person than it is in a remote environment. And you have to you have to approach it with intentionality uh, to continue to maintain connectedness. I mean, Adam, I love the fact that you have a virtual water cooler. I mean, these are things that, that we're going to learn from other people. 
But the nice thing is we all, as a leadership team, we talk about these things. We task each other with how you connected with every person in your department. We're, we're all going through this together. And I think it's very easy for us to get wrapped up in kind of our own world and not realize that the pressures I'm feeling are the exact same pressures that somebody else is feeling. And when you can acknowledge that and be able to talk about it in a, in a virtual way, I mean, nothing's ever going to take the place of true face-to-face, but you can at least start to build these connections with intentionality. The, the kind of arc that I shared with our team is individuals go through it, companies go through it, and countries and communities go through it, is in a crisis like this, you have ignorance on one end, then it's awareness, then it's panic, then it's adaptation, then it's resourcefulness, and then it's recovery. And you, you have to recognize that when you're in that panic phase, some people have moved forward, some people are, are still in the ignorance phase, but we're all going to get to the end at a certain point. We don't know what that point is, but we, if we can acknowledge that we're going to walk that journey together, you know, we'll be better people for it, we'll be a better company for it. But you just have to talk about it and acknowledge that everybody's going to be on that continuum at a different, different place at a different time. One of the questions we had is, how do you communicate with team members that don't understand the gravity of the situation while taming the panic for those who do understand the gravity of the situation? So could you just repeat that timeline again and then kind of say, like, how do you transition your communication style depending on where people are on that continuum? It's ignorance, then awareness, panic, adaptation, resourcefulness and recovery. Uh, you could add prosperity on to the end if, if you want to, but that, that's kind of the framework that I'm using to approach it. My best advice for that early phase when you still have people in ignorance and you have people in full-on panic mode is be patient with the people who are in the ignorance phase. I mean, so we're in Indianapolis. You know, we basically as, as a city been more or less on lockdown since uh, Monday morning. And it, once that happens, it becomes very real for people very quickly. So, you know, if, if you're patient with people when they're in the ignorance phase, you know, obviously, if they're saying things that just totally are dismissive of colleagues who are in their panic phase, that's different. But you just have to be patient and supportive. And you have to be honest with people in the panic phase. I mean, the, the comment earlier about, you know, data-driven decisions and data-driven discussions is absolutely key. I mean, it's fair to acknowledge that nobody really thought you'd become a pandemic disease expert, you know, in December. But that's where we are now. And to the extent that you can educate yourself and provide reliable information to your teams, that's huge because there's a lot of unreliable information out there that, you know, if you get go down that rabbit hole, you're just going to get freaked out and want to crawl under a rock. I agree with how you, there's so much information. Um, one of the things we did was uh, we created a Google Doc that is our source of truth. Uh, that we take responsibility for updating. And that is, it's a pretty comprehensive, both on what we're learning about the situation and also how we're, what our expectations are for people in this new work reality as well. And I did, I posted it online. I'm sharing it. It's basically, it's exactly the one we're using. It's a real living, breathing document, but I'm posting it so people can use that as, as a resource. It's a very serious situation and, and there really are lives at stake. And so, but I still, I still believe fundamentally that a calm and steady presence is critical as a leader, that it is vital that we educate our employees on the significance of the situation. We point them to resources that not only keep them safe, but also keep our community safe right now, which is really important. But we, we can't pretend like it's business as usual either. Like that's, I think that would be the worst thing we could do. So we need to acknowledge the reality of the situation and just all, all the things that, that everyone is saying just by that calm and steady presence sharing and, and sharing transparently, I think are the ways to still move forward during this time. 
Absolutely. So maybe let's let's jump into some of the challenges that come with having to make some business pivots. So a couple of the things that came up is one, how do you how do you support or address employee job and income security fears without promising more than you can pay off on? Or how are you helping employees address concerns about childcare and financial challenges in general? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll actually start with the childcare component because that, I mean, that's a very real stressor that impacts everybody's entire life. While we have a work from home policy that's, you know, lays out expectations, you know, the first thing I did when schools started closing was saying, yes, we have this policy, ignore it. For the time being, ignore it. I think our next challenge as a company, honestly, is we know that we have employees that are working longer hours than we want them to because of that. So we, we need to start thinking through, okay, if Indiana just announced that schools are closed through May 1st, so I'm sorry if you're learning that from me, but yeah. um, we now know we're, we're in this for the longer haul than I think a lot of people initially thought. So we need to be very intentional about thinking through how can we, how can we coach our employees so they're not you know, staying up until 1030 doing things that they would normally do at two in the afternoon. Uh, because you know, to Adam's point earlier, mental health and stability is key. And if you're burning the you're burning the candle at both ends, and at the end of the day, you're not going to do your family any favors, and you're not going to do yourself any favors. So uh, that that that's a conversation that we need to start having. But you know, we're in week one with this, so we're going to continue to uncover things that we hadn't thought through before, and we just need to be honest about them and address them. Yeah, I I think of this with these, you know, with someone. When your employees are dealing with childcare financial challenges, you could keep going that what that list may be. And I think of this two ways. If you're a manager listening to this, I would challenge you to make sure that you've got a psychologically safe environment where your team is willing to truly open up about their struggles. And the reality is there are a lot of managers who have not been leading that way up until this point. And so there is some dramatic growing to be done. And I would just challenge you to take the journey of that growth right now to create a safe environment for your employees where they can be honest about what it's like to try to work in the current environment they are. There is nothing more helpful to a leader than information. <laughs> and you need the safety to get that information. You need to create safe environments to help unblock them, to help them reach their true potential. The other, I guess, is so that, that would be at like the manager level, at the leadership level, just to peel back the curtain on what we're thinking about real time. And yesterday we built a game plan for the upcoming weeks, we're, we're kind of building a list of bringing in experts and doing 30-minute, just 30-minute webinars with our team. So we have a personal finance, a financial planner, Pete the Planner is going to do 30 minutes with our team. We have a nurse who's, who's coming to share about like safety, health, safety symptoms, make sure that we're educating our team that way. We're working on trying to do a session on meditation, a session on counseling and mental health. And so I think there is this there's this practical side as well where we as leaders we we can help we can help put resources in place as well to help do the best that we can. I would just like to say that uh, you know now is the time where we're really activating contingencies that we've had in place. So anybody who's listening to the webinar, it's not really fair because I'm saying oh activate your contingencies, but you better start thinking now about the next event, the next black swan. There will be something else. In the meantime. I think what what uh, Andrew and Adam have laid out is really powerful because if you create a safe environment and you bring in the information uh, and you are able to create a space where at least at work we know where we stand, man, that's where the creativity happens. So you can get contingency thinking going on because you can have 
experts being brought in and say, I don't have to worry about home right this moment. I can really unlock what's going here. You know what? I'm going to call all of the customers in this region and just check in on them. You don't know what's going to happen. Saw it happen here at work. You know, one of our fellows, Brian Underhill, got on the phone, talked to uh, all of his coaching clients. And what's really amazing is that we did a red, yellow, green analysis. Uh, and it was really cool because it came back mostly green and we thought it would be mostly red, you know, because people are shutting down their Netflix account and they're shutting down, you know, subscriptions and everything else. Well, these folks that, that remained green, what Brian told us was they were looking for certainty as well. And one thing they knew is they had to stay uh, disciplined to their systems, just like you guys are talking about, you know, you got to have that certainty in that safe place. We got to make sure that we're doing the right things, the blocking and tackling. So I would just encourage everyone to to make it safe, as, as you've said and pointed out, those are great tips. And, and then ask people to participate in the solution. You know, they are part of it. Who knows the number better than the person, you know, creating the number in the business? So I think that's all good advice. I, I just, man, get them involved. On that really fast one, on some of those financial things, a couple of questions we got. And Adam, I know you were once a leader of sales. Do you have any advice for leading a sales team or any type of organization? that is commission-based? Yeah, and I, I've led, led sales teams for a decade and, and definitely have a lot of empathy for people who are, who are out there trying to, trying to cold call or, or drum up business in the midst of this moment. One, one thing I would say as a leader in general, and then I'll talk about sales specifically, is that I really think in, in these moments, one of the ways you can fight anxiety and panic is to give your employees something to rally behind. Like this truly can, like oftentimes adversity is the thing that brings out the very best in your people. And so let's give them a chance to bring out their best. I think, so that Thursday when we went remote, we also made a really bold decision ourselves. We, we stopped all product and engineering development on our core product and decided to build a COVID-19 specific assessment tool that just launched today, by the way. But, and it, because what we realize is managers need that honest information back and forth from their employees. So it released today, it's an easy way for managers to understand what the, the personal well-being of their employees. I share that not just about the tool, I share it because we did it because we knew we needed something to rally behind. And so the team is working day and night like to have a thing that's motivating and now we've got a cause that's worth fighting for. Like if our purpose as a business was true before this, it should be even more true right now than it ever has been. And so for sales leaders, what I would challenge you is how can you find something to rally behind? How can you how can you create believable messaging that is actually valuable to your market right now? How can you have your sales team sell, sell transparently? I think the biggest caution is trying to get them to do something pretending like it's business as usual. So find a cause to rally behind, make it noble, make it something that is worth their time because they don't wanna sit around either and do nothing. They know that this is a time to fight for their business. And so give them something that's worth fighting for. Steve or Andrew, anything else you'd add specifically around like a commission-based team uh, or role? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we have a number of sales functions within, within our company. Um, you know, what to rally around, I agree with what Adam said. I mean, we have a lot of clients who are experiencing very real pain and there's some very legitimate insurance implications that everybody is finding out about it once. So our job is to provide accurate advice to people, obviously be empathetic with the situation that they're going through because they are very real challenges, but that's a, that's a short-term thing, right? So that's that's occupying all their time and bandwidth now. To the extent that I've, I've had salespeople approach me with concern about what does this mean for me? How, you know, 
what what does this look like? What are your expectations? You know, I, I'm I'm telling them that that there are kind of three phases. There's a short-term phase, which is the acute phase right now. Don't worry about it. Focus on giving advice and helping people through this. You know, there's a medium phase where businesses are recovering. They're starting to get back to business as usual. But really, the long-term solution is kind of a mentality that we've been shifting toward over the last six months, which is approaching sales from a four-quarter rolling basis and not a not a calendar year basis. So, you know, if you're freaking out that my second quarter is going to be terrible, you know what? It's going to be terrible for everybody. You know, focus on Q3, Q4, Q1, and Q2 of next year. You know, that's where you need to be spending your mental energy instead of, you know, beating yourself up over something you don't have any control over. That's awesome, that's Andrew. I, I really don't have much to add. I would say that uh, you guys are dead on. I mean, it's really about what do we rally around? If In open book companies, we talk about a critical number. That's the thing we rally around. Well, do we change the critical number? That's the big question we're getting. Do we change the annual uh, plan, the forecast that we made? Well, you know what? Why don't we leave that there and talk about plan for the next 90 so we can be proactive and at least move toward that goal while still keeping an eye on that loftier goal. And I really like what Adam said about make it noble. Dude, that is awesome. That makes me feel like a part of something way bigger than a virus. Yeah. I don't mean to diminish it. I'm just saying there's yeah. something bigger than that. And if you're a leader right now, I think practically Santiago, my business partner and our CEO, Thursday night we were talking, we were like, at this point, who, who we are as leaders, like this is our moment. You know, this is what we're, our legacy is right now, what we're building. And so how you lead your people in this moment is the way that you'll ultimately be remembered. And that, that That's why it's like what you can't do is just nothing. You can't you can't pretend like it's not happening. You can't not acknowledge it and expect business as usual. But if you lead well through this time and I'm, this is an ongoing thing, so I understand, you know, and luckily for the three of us, it's all recorded. So we'll see how we did in the future. But but I think following the things that we're talking about at minimum, if we can hold ourselves to the standards that we're saying, it will put us in the best position to do that all the way through this situation. So let's pivot to the companies that are positioned to go remote or work from home. Can you guys maybe share some tips and tricks on what you're doing to keep employees engaged and how managers can stay connected with their teams? Adam, if you want to kick us off on this one, I know you've been doing a lot over at Amplify. Well, this has been a about 85% of my work for the last week. And my, <laughs> my thought was, one, we I mean, we measure employee engagement for lots of distributed remote companies already. And yet we ourselves, you know, the vast majority of our workers work in our central headquarters. So we just made a decision. We were like, this is an opportunity for us to, to figure out how to build a world-class remote culture. And that, so that's just the decision that we made. So a couple of the things, you know, that we're doing practically, and I shared some of them, but I do have some other more cultural based ones. And as this this stretches, as it, it seems like it's going to for quite some time, I do think it's OK to put some sustainable rhythms in place as well. So some of the things we're doing just to help help employees stay engaged, we're doing two all team meetings a week. Uh, we're doing and one of them is more business priorities, transparency, and the other is more like education. Um, we're doing 15-minute daily stand-ups, as I said, five-minute daily calls with your manager at the least. And then in addition to that, my department, so the people ops org, what we're doing is we're trying to make sure we're supporting those emotional needs of the employees. So we, we, we have that live water cooler. It's just a Zoom link that's always open. And then different people, we have different people that are committed to being there throughout the day. So you can just hop on. Um, I've been, I got a puppy this week as well. It's been a very eventful week for me with 
COVID-19, a puppy and a camper all in, in one week. So I've been, I've been hopping on uh, with my puppy. We're doing the educational resources that I, that I shared. We also started two um, Slack channels or chat channels, however that works for you. One is, one is called Work From Home Success, or where, where the employees are crowdsourcing tips and tricks on things like how to work with kids. We had someone share an idea who they have a baby and a two-year-old. And one of the, and and uh, and it's that mother who is a is a director level at our company, and so she has a really you know a really important job right now where there's a lot of pressure on her. She also has a two year old and a baby who always want to be around her, so she's walking out the door, faking going to work, and then coming in the back door so, <laughs> to help give a little space. Um, so you know we're we're sharing tips and tricks like that. We have another one called Mindset, which I'm really excited about, and that's a place where we're all acknowledging. We are all dealing with alone time and solitude and ourselves in a, in a way that many of us have never faced in our entire lives. And so we have, a, we have a place where we're sharing, how are you winning that battle of your mind? How are you giving yourself permission to spend time alone and feel confident in that space? And so that's been really effective. And then we, we are doing a couple happy hours a week, too. So just live Zooms, video Zoom, if you're not familiar, has these breakouts. So you can join all as a group and then break into smaller groups. And so we've been utilizing that as well. That's, that's a handful of the things on our end. You know, I, I think for companies on the same journey as us that maybe didn't have as much work from home um, as, as others, I mean, there's just there, there are going to be some growing pains and that's OK. You're going to figure it out. You know, one thing that I intellectually understood, but I never really used it, were collaborative software programs, so like a Microsoft Teams, a Slack, you know, a Salesforce Quip. Um, I could see the value in it, but because everybody was around me all day, it wasn't really critical. And then we went to 100% work from home environment, and my email traffic tripled. And I just, I found myself for the first couple of days just trying to, you know, react to everything in a way that wasn't helpful for me and wasn't help, helpful for the company. So. You know, I've, I've been encouraging people that I work with, the company as a whole, to look into these different tools that allow teams to work on projects collaboratively in a way that removes that email clutter because I've got, I've got it now. I see the number of emails I have unread in my outlook and it's giving me anxiety. Uh, but to the extent that you can explore these new tools, it, it, it's helpful. And I, I, you know, whereas before I might have been like, yeah, that's nice. I don't really know if we need software licenses for that. I'm like, yep, that makes sense. We need it. So what advice or final thoughts do you have around how to direct the energy and intention to move through this and contribute to creating an evolved outcome for the future? I would say first and foremost, you have to give people the space to be able to get themselves to a mental spot where they can see the future. Because if you're trying to paint that picture to somebody who's in that panic phase, it's going to go right over their head and it's just going to make it worse. So give people the space and the information to get to the point where you can paint a picture because there are going to be very real consequences to this. And I'm not saying that there are not. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to face it. But we also have to say, you know what? This is a finite window. There will be an end to this. You know, you can see the news coming out of China and it, it, it does give you at least some sort of thing that you can look forward to. And I, I am a firm believer that there's going to be a lot of pent up demand when we get to the other side. People who have been stuck at home for a long period of time are gonna to wanna to go out there, they're gonna to wanna to travel, they're gonna to wanna to take that vacation that they didn't take. You know, they're gonna to wanna to go to restaurants again. And so when you can get people past that initial crisis and 
at least where we are here, and I can only speak for my my employee base, is you know we're starting to get there. We're starting to get to the point where we're saying, okay, you know, I, I know this is the reality for a period of time, but I can also see where we're going, and I can see my own behaviors have changed in a way that I think I'm going to be you know a more effective person when we get to the other side where we can all be together again at the office. I might add one of our core values, and I, I've been I've been an entrepreneur for eight years, so I'm you know I haven't been doing this that long, and the one value that has been true that I've just believed in so much is we it's growth mindset. And we believe that growth happens when you're at the edge of your capabilities. And I'm choosing to believe right now that there's an entire workforce that is at the edge of their capabilities. <laughs> and in, in that moment, there is opportunity for innovation in a way that we have not seen in a long time. And so let's let's lean into that the best that we can. And and I agree with what Andrew said. Like this is this is going to be a difficult season that does need to be weathered. I do think that coming out of it, that innovation right now, good solid business principles right now, bold, kind leadership is critical. But that then coming out of this more than ever, knowing um, there is going to be pent up demand, there might be minimal resources to achieve that demand. And so leading like a human, leading leading and following these best practices is going to be more critical than ever when that moment comes. And you need to make sure that right now in this moment, you're doing the work that will position you for 12 weeks from now or six months from now or, or however long, you know, this lasts. I think, Andrew, you you nailed it. You know, let's embrace that transparency, help people understand where they are, where, you know, allow them to process it. Let's be bold and, and discuss our cash position and and say, here it is. I mean, I, I challenge everyone to, to look at it themselves and then be able to tell people this is how long we can last, if at all possible, protect jobs, because it, it really is that thing where you go, OK, this is the one place I can win. Celebrate the wins as you can, but protect those jobs if you can, because you got to be ready for the upturn. And I think we're all in agreement, man, there is an upside. Let's look for that. Let's strive for it and take care of our people along the way. Well, those are some really great ending thoughts there. Andrew, Adam, Steve, thank you all three of you for your insight. Thank you for joining us for this week's insights. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And in the meantime, if you have questions or topics that you'd like to see us cover, please go to amplify.com slash questions. That's E-M-P-L-I-F-Y dot com slash questions and let us know what's on your mind. Stay safe, stay sane, and we'll see you next week.